the Big Ed Idea Podcast, a podcast for those looking to change the world through education. Each week we bring you a new idea, however big and bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, upheave, or remix education. Now here's your host and my dad, Ryan Scott. Hello, hello, welcome back my friends. This is Ryan from the Big Ed Idea Podcast. So uh, you are in for a super duper treat today. Uh, I got my man, Rick, Rick Ramirez. He's gonna be joining us today to talk about one of his big ed ideas. Um, Not gonna talk too much about this, but if you are a big Ellen fan, then you would love to join (laughs) me today because this dude had the privilege of meeting Ellen um, back several years ago, I believe. And so, Rick is a um, teacher from El Paso, Texas. Um, He is a AVID coordinator and an elective teacher. And I'm gonna let Rick just give us a little bit more about his background. Uh, Let us know, you know, I'm always interested in in how uh, people find education because mine was definitely a non-traditional route and I think his was too. So I wanna hear about that, Rick. And then I also, just real quick, just, you know, you know, indulge me. Tell me a little bit about Ellen. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. So Ellen was probably about uh, going on two years now. Um, I had given a speech for teachers in our district and it was designed to motivate them and and to help teachers reconnect with their why. Um, We recorded the speech. It went semi-viral on social media. (laughs) Next thing you know, uh, team Ellen is, is in my DMs. And I thought it was a joke at first until they FaceTimed me. Um, but they invited me out to the show. Um, they loved what I was doing with the community, with, with schools, uh, with teachers. Um, and yeah, she gave me a surprise of a lifetime. Uh, if you ever see the video, um, I'm not this cool guy. I'm this little kid <laughs> this morning. Yeah. She completely, I, I kind of blacked out while I was on the stage, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, from El Paso, Texas, um, born and raised. And when I was growing up, I was never the best student, but I was never the worst student. I just, I did just enough to get by. Um, And ultimately that set me up for failure because I never believed that I was smart enough to go to college. Um, And in, you know, in my family growing up in the struggle, uh, government housing and government assistance, um, there was never any talk of college. There was never any push for college. Um, I can tell you right now that our family had not one conversation about college. So that was just out of the picture for me. So the next thing for me was um, joining the military. And that was a big push from my mom. She said, uh, basically, join the military or you get out of my house. <laughs> so uh, my mom started early with me. I was a knucklehead growing uh, in high school. I was kind of, I, I, was, I was a class clown. Uh, I would show up to socialize. I wouldn't show up to do work. Um, you know, not, not too bad, but you know, referral here and there, nothing major. Um, I ended up getting kicked out in high school my senior year. Uh, first day of senior year, my mom was done and she was like, yeah, I can't do this with you anymore. Gosh. I was bouncing around and that ultimately led to my decision to join the military. Um, and I love the military, don't get me wrong. The Marine Corps was awesome. Got a lot of great experiences, um, learned about leadership, learned about true diversity, learned about different cultures, got to travel. So it was awesome except for deployments. Uh, so after deployments, I was like, yeah, I, I can't do this for 20 years. Um, some people do 20 and they retire, which is awesome. My hat's off to, uh, to our, our, um, 
20, uh, 20 year service members. But I decided to come home um, and be a teacher because I wanted to make an impact on my immediate community and be careful what you wish for because I got hired at my old high school <laughs> and I ran into a bunch <laughs> of teachers. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, some of the same teachers. Uh, a lot of the kids I taught reminded me of me. So karma came back to me. And uh, after that, I did my um, admin internship at the middle school that I went to. And the principal there, her name was Miss Now. She said, hey, I love your work ethic. I love your, the way you connect with students and teachers. I think you would be a great AVID coordinator um, at our campus. And that position is opening up. So I had no idea what the heck AVID was, uh, can't lie. Had no idea what it was. But as soon as I read the, uh, the description, the program description, I immediately jumped shipped. I transferred over to the middle school, the same middle school that I went to. Um, and I took over this AVID program and AVID just completely changed my life as an educator, as a person, um, as a leader. So I'm just thankful for everything that AVID has done for me. Um, that thank for everything AVID has done for my community um, and for my students. So that's kind of a nutshell of uh, my experience so far. Right. Um, well, first, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you for your service. Um, so I'll tell you one of the big, one of my big regrets. I mean, I've got tons of them, but one of my regrets was not joining the military because I was absolutely one of those knuckleheads that needed that discipline. Yeah. Um, but at the time I was running the complete opposite direction from the military. Um, so before we get into, cause I want to come back and talk about avid a little bit i did some research on it i wouldn't i'm not super keen on what that is i don't want to talk about something you said also but before we jump into the meat um i kind of want to model to our listeners kind of this idea of connections before content um i know you're a big relationship dude um and so what i always try to do is just know a little bit more about rick before we jump into that content um you know ultimately if we get to know each other we're going to have better conversations and I'm going to be able to affect you, um, you know, at the DNA level. So let's, let's jump in. I've got two questions for you. They are not education related at all. Um, let's see. If you became invisible for 10 minutes right now, what school appropriate thing would you do? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh <laughs> That's a like really totally cool. random, man. That's how we roll. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, since schools are shut down right now, um, I'm really big on, on the gym, right? Not to get like Arnold or anything, just to stay active. I would definitely uh, sneak into a gym somewhere and just get the most amazing workout, <laughs> <laughs> amazing workout ever. So, yeah, that would be my thing. <laughs> yeah, I love to work out, but, you know, one of the reasons – other than, you know, I love music. One of the reasons I wear headphones is so people, when you're working out, people won't talk to you because that, that bugs me because I'm in my zone and you come over to talk to me about something and uh, here we go. Right, right. <laughs> All right, next one. Um, let's see. Oh, here we go. You accidentally ate some radioactive pizza. The good news is that it tasted great. The even better news is now that it's giving you one superpower of your choice. What do you choose? I'm fly, man. Right I'm on. I like Superman. I like a bird. 
Okay, where are you gonna go? Uh, probably to a gym first, and then uh, <laughs> probably uh, I'll probably fly to my old um, my old camp, my old base back in Yuma, Arizona. Okay, got some awesome memories there, some awesome friends there. Uh, probably fly to San Diego. It's my favorite place to vacation. Favorite place to just relax. Uh, Mission Beach. Um, that's how that's how you know I'm a tourist there because I go to Mission Beach. Uh, and I just come back home and just enjoy the sights, just enjoy the scenery. Okay. Okay. You got two for me? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, first one, uh, since we're talking about pizza, um, pineapples on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love the sweet. Um, yeah. I love the sweet. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why there's a war against pineapple and pizza right now, man. <laughs> Traditionalist and, you know, conservatives versus liberals you know i love my pizza liberally um, <laughs> you know yeah yeah uh all right all right good good so we we, we have uh something in common there uh the next one is um if you could choose a career and be just as successful in that career other than education sure. what would it be so i'm a, so can i can i tell you two because i'm really torn yeah, yeah. okay so prior to, so when I was going into education, um, before I went into education, I was going to be a marine biologist. Um, yeah, I wanted to study sharks and all of that stuff. But, you know, life happens, so I, and that's not what I did. But uh, other than that, I'll be honest, I would like to be somehow a... Um, I would like to work with juvenile offenders. So I'd like to be a mentor. Um, my wife and I, at one stage of our, when we first got married, we worked with this program called Celebrate Recovery through our church, um, which is a Christ-based um, addiction program. And I had the pleasure of working with juvenile offender boys that were going through our drug court. Um, and that was just, I mean, I always, 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 loved the kids that the other ones gave up on yes but being able to sit down with these kids and you know tell them that it was okay that they were feeling those ways and it was okay that they acted out that way and um yeah that that five years probably did more to change my trajectory wow. than than anything else that's awesome man. that's 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 amazing. That shows your, your, uh, your true character as a person, as a leader, uh, just wanting to impact the youth, especially the forgotten ones. Right. So that's, that's beautiful, man. So that, that leads me into where we're going because, um, you said something when you were introducing yourself that you met students that were just like you when you got into the, the AVID program. Um, you know, I know you're a believer and I'm a believer and I, and I truly feel that we are put in particular places at particular times for particular reasons. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm just curious, you know, when you got in, when you first started, uh, were there kids that were just like you? Definitely. Yeah. Up and down. Um, I was at the, at the same high school I went to in the, it's in the same community that I grew up in. Um, and I saw the kids who maybe had a similar situation to mine growing up right? Um, not a lot of college talk in the house, not a lot of goals and dreams talk in the house. And some of the kids were just like me, just here, getting by with no dreams of tomorrow, just get by today. 
Yep, yep. Yeah. And some of these kids, you know, they had so much potential and they were okay with just getting by. And that was a problem for me um, as, as, their, as their teacher, knowing that, you know, when, when we're talking about something that's not academic, right? They, they can express themselves, they can elaborate and, and they're all in, especially if we talk about something like football. So I'm telling these guys like you have amazing communication skills. The way you talk about football or the way you talk about basketball, right? It's the same way that we can talk about, and I, I taught history. That's the same way we can talk about the Alamo or whatever the case. That's right. And I, you know, I just saw so much potential in them and it, and it, it, it was kind of a burden on me that I needed to help these kids unleash that potential. Um, and, and these are the kids who weren't the best students, right? Behavior wise, um, they weren't the worst either. They weren't the most respectful. So naturally, you know, some teachers are just, if, he, if he's okay with the C, then that's okay with me as long as he doesn't interrupt my class. And I think that's a, that's an issue um, in education as well. But yeah, they're all up and down, uh, females and males, so. Right, right. Okay, before we roll into your idea, talk to my listeners that might not know what AVID is. If you could just give a, you know, a, what is it? What's it intend to do? All right, so the main, the main component of AVID is it's an elective class. It's a college and career readiness elective course. But in, the, in, a, in a bigger scheme of things, AVID is actually a system for a school, a system that promotes uh, college readiness and career, career readiness culture, uh, leadership, instruction, right? So there's just so many things that, go in, that are encompassed into this AVID system, into this AVID I don't want to say a program because it is more of a system yeah, right. um, where the avid teacher takes students who are, they have potential to do great, but they're like me, they're okay with just getting by. And those are the kids who we, re we really want them to see what's possible for them in the future. Um, some, some people call it the bubble kids. I just call it the kids who, who need a little bit more push. Sure. Right. Um, and cause some of the kids are a students, but they have athletics. So they do need that extra support because athletics takes so much of their time where now where they're getting A's now they're dropping down to B's so we AVID provides that support for them in the classroom uh, throughout the day sorry throughout the semester in the form of bringing in college tutors and these college tutors twice a week will tutor the, our students our AVID students um, in the tutorial session where the kids work together collaboratively in a group to uncover points of confusion um, but the main push for AVID is to prepare kids for college, to prepare kids for success in the real world, um, to make sure that kids are empowered and believe in themselves to be successful in whatever route they choose. You know, some kids, they want to do the military. And that's beautiful. By all means, we support you. You're still going to need to know how to read. You still need to know how to write. You still need to know how to collaborate. You still have to be organized, right? You still need that discipline. So we want to prepare the kid for that route. Or there's the kid who says, I don't want to do university. I want to go learn how to be a barber. Yeah, sure. Outstanding. You still need these same skills to be successful yeah, right. in that field. So we provide that support for the kids. Um, we expose them to the careers. We expose them to different curriculum that they need to be, that they need to know to get into whatever they want to do. Right. Um, and then campus wide, we, we, we dish out bunch of culturally relevant strategies for all teachers to use because the average strategies are proven to increase engagement. And when you have increased engagement, you have better learning outcomes, better learning outcomes, better test scores, better test scores, happy principal. That's exactly right. <laughs> and superintendent. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, that, that sounds very interesting. And actually, um, I've got it pulled up on my web, on my uh, computer right now, and I've got some notes. I'm, I'm going to look into that because our school has been awesome. looking for looking for something that we can do. Um, you know, our school, we have about 30% of our kids going to college. Um, so that means that we have 70% of our kids that are going on to life. And if we only prepare our kids for college, we are missing the boat. Yes. Uh, tremendously. Yeah. All right, man, I'm ready to get into your idea. Um, what problem does your idea kind of help to or hope to counteract? So my, my problem is um, nothing revolutionary, right? It's nothing that no, no one has heard before, but I think it, it, it's, in, it's under a big umbrella. I think right now they're with, with the, with the, test-driven culture that we're in, right? We're all looking for those test scores. <clears throat> and in some neighborhoods, in some zip codes, the test scores isn't there. And it's not because kids aren't smart as other kids in other parts of, of different cities. I think that there's a big um, relationship aspect that's just missing. And I, I, I get it, right? Some teachers are, I have to meet this, the, 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 in Texas, it's the TEKS, our curriculum. Right. I have to meet the scope and sequence and I don't have time to do to do all the relationship part. I've got to teach content, content, content. And while so many teachers understand the power of relationships is the way to increase um, learning outcomes. On the other hand, there's a bunch of teachers who don't. Right. And, and I get it. Trust me, I, I, I taught history. I had to stay on top of that scope and sequence myself. Um, so I get it. I understand it. But I, I do see that that's a big issue because a lot of kids in school like me, Right? We're not gonna produce, not because we're not smart enough. We're not gonna produce because we don't like school maybe, but we're also not gonna produce because we don't think that there's a connection with the teacher. And I can attest to that. The teachers that I did work for were the teachers who actually invested in me. And, and, and I can't say every teacher did that for me. I had some great teachers growing up, but I also had teachers on the flip side who didn't invest and who was just strictly content, content, content. And then when I became a teacher, I saw that there's still two groups. There's the groups that understands relational capacity, and there's this, there's a side that is is so just you know hammered down with test scores and, and data and, and and meeting the curriculum standards, and it, it's tough, man. It's 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 there's a lot going at teachers, but I think that's a big issue right now. Oh, I think that's a huge huge issue. I actually just had a conversation with somebody this morning that you know that that type of thinking, uh, content first, you know that worked up until it didn't work. And if we are still running the same educational show that we participated in ourselves, I mean, so I just turned 40. And so during the 80s and 90s, okay, yeah, I, content could go first, um, but society and the family and everything was so markedly different, um, you know, that, that now, and I say this, and I mean this, like we are raising kids. We aren't just teaching kids. So then your idea, I'm guessing your idea is, is just what? That relationship piece? So I, I guess my big idea, my, my big solution to solving all these other issues that are happening is <laughs> focus on the relationship, on, on, on connecting first, right? Um, relationships before rigor, grace before grades, all that stuff is, is it sounds like, cliche and maybe some people think it's corny but it's so true yeah it's not cliche at all <laughs> you know when when my principal brought me over to the middle school first thing 
she told me was your first 10 kids are going to be the 10 kids that we have the most discipline issues with at this campus. Are you on board? As soon as she said that, I said, yes. Where do Absolutely, I sign? Absolutely, yes. Let's go. And my first, because of the AVID training, right? Again, I also had the AVID training, which kind of helped shift my mindset, a little paradigm shift there. I, under, I really began to understand <clears throat> the power of relationships. So when I got to that, those five kids, my first, my first goal, my first instinct was to connect and to let these kids know that, hey, I'm, I'm just like you guys. I'm human too. Um, whatever you're going through is, is relevant to you and, and it's okay. These problems are real, but we're going to get through them, right? We're going to get through them because you do have a bright future. You are college material. You are military material. Whatever you want to do in your future, you, are, you, you have that capacity inside of you. We're going to take it out. But first, I just focus on getting to know them. S simple. Hey, what's your favorite music right now? Oh, it's the new Snoop Dogg song. Bet. Let's play that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, who's your favorite football team? Cowboys? Cool. Right, you're sad every Sunday just like me? Cool. Cowboys it is. Right. So just connecting with these kids. And within the first week, I went to the principal and I said, okay, where are the, where are the bad kids? At? Yeah. Yeah. Where'd they go? You didn't give them to me. I said, these kids are doing every, these kids are bending over backwards, doing backflips in the classroom academically. Right. Because the relationship was there. So when other teachers would kick them out, literally kick them out of the classroom, they would come to my classroom. Right. Right. And I'm thinking these aren't bad kids, man. They're just, they just need that connection piece. Um, but again, again, I understand that I understand why some teachers do kind of shy, shy, shy away from that. But you said earlier, um, you, you talked about something that just, man, you read my mind, the experience piece. I think as you know, as a younger, as a younger guy, when I first started, a lot of teachers with the experience and not to say anything bad about experience, but a lot of teachers with the experience were. They had this mindset, I've been doing this for 15, 20 years. I know what I'm doing. Like relationships, boy, sit down. And here I am, this young kid, you know, trying to learn from you. And you're telling me relationships don't matter. But then these are the same teachers who are having discipline issues day in and day out. Yes, they are. Right? So I love how you talked about we can't teach the same way we did in the 80s and 90s. We can't do that today. No. So I, I love that you, you, you brought that up. I love that you're conscious about that because it's so true, right? Even, even 10 years ago, we can't do that because times are, times are changing. And Principal Ra, I don't know if you know Principal Ra, but he said that every teacher who's above the age of 35 needs a mentor who's in their 20s to keep them up with times, to keep them up sure. with new things. And I'm I 100% um, in agreement with that. But my big idea is to reach them before you teach them. I tell teachers everywhere I go speak, I say, reach them before you teach them. And I, I do an acronym. There's five ways to reach kids. Well, there's more, but my favorite five, right? And it's simple. It's nothing uh, revolutionary. It's, it's something that's so simple that we do. Some people do it naturally. Some people don't do it at all. And some people are intentional with it. And when you're intentional with reaching kids, when you're intentional with building relationships, these kids are going to work for you, right? Absolutely. My and, buddy. Uh, and with you. And with you, right? My buddy Patrick Briggs, I love how he says, he says, some kids will be willing to work for you before they're willing to learn from you. That's right. I thought, oh my gosh, he's right. And then if you're lucky, I add on to that. If you're lucky, kids will start to learn 
start to love the learning process and they'll start to learn from them for themselves. And that's when the magic happens. That's when they say, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. I can chase that goal. So yeah, that's, that's my big idea is reach them before you teach them, build those relationships first. So you mentioned an acronym. Yeah. Tell me what that acronym, because I was getting ready to write it down. You said there was like five, five yeah. things that go along with it. Tell me what that is. Uh, I break down the acronym champ in uh, champ. I, I, so I have a big boxing background. So everything I do is back to champ, right? To being a champion. And then Rita Pearson, the TED talk. Yes, every kid deserves absolutely. a champion. So that and my boxing background just kind of molded who I am. So everything I do is back to being a champion, right? And, and, and this champ acronym, I came up with it after observing what different teachers do. Like, okay, I, I, so my boy Vince, uh, he's a phenomenal math teacher, veteran 15 years in the game, but he still builds those relationships first and he's just a master at his craft, right? So I thought, I, I observed him like, okay, what does he do? And I take notes and then I talk to him, right? And I go see the science teacher next door who has really good um, classroom engagement. And I, I take notes of what she does and I interview her. And all these champion teachers, they do certain things, right? They do certain things. They have certain themes, certain ideas, certain strategies. They all do these things. They have them in common. And that's how I came up with the acronym CHAMP. So the C in CHAMP is to celebrate your students. Simple. <laughs> it's yeah. so simple. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's simple uh the h in champ is to be humble to be human with your students and i tell teachers all the time sometimes we just gotta take off that teacher badge we just gotta take off that principal badge and just be human with our kids stop, stop being so bougie with our kids yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you you had mentioned earlier uh i asked you do i do you go by ryan or do i call you mr scott and you're like no call me ryan that's that's the human side of you yeah Right, that made you human and immediately I knew, yeah, we're gonna have a good conversation. Right. So I can imagine what a kid is gonna think about when my teacher or when my principal is just a human. You know what I mean? I uh, know, no, yeah, absolutely, man. So what's the what's the A? A approachable. Perfect. Champion teachers are approachable, champion administrators are approachable. There's some, I mean, for lack of better terms, man, there's some teachers and some principals who walk around with the stank face on and kids know I there's I can't approach this guy. They're the right? so are you, guys. Yeah, are you approachable? Uh, the M in champ is motivate. Yep. Motivate them. And there's different ways to motivate and I can get into different ways to motivate kids, right? But there's several different ways to motivate kids. Uh, I'll just touch on one. Show kids mirrors of, of themselves, right? It, it, you, we know that there's a big push right now for, for a, um social justice right now right and, and racial justice right now and a lot of the books they did they do just highlight white males they absolutely do yes right? so show them a picture of of, of a hispanic of a african-american uh, of an asian-american right show them pictures of, of successful people who they can relate to who look like them talk like them and walk like them let them know, hey, it is possible for, for anyone to be successful, right? So motivate them. And then finally, the last one um, in the last letter in CHAMP is P. And the P is just praise. Just praise praise your students. Give them praise for, for small things, man. Anything. It, it is simple, right? It sounds so simple at the end of the day. But when you're intentional with these five things, magic happens. And kids start to move academic mountains for you. Kids start to show up to class, right? Kids like me are going to finally come to class. Uh, so yeah, that, that's my acronym is CHAMP. I love that. 
yeah, th- that was one thing, you know, we didn't really talk about because I, because I, I wanted to focus on you as the world changer, not you, the, the movie star or you, the boxing champion. So I love the fact, so I love these five steps because it sounds a lot like I have a buddy from San Antonio. His name is uh, Kevin Curtis. And he says, all kids want to be valued, seen and heard. And yes. it really goes to that. And so if you don't care, I'm going to talk just a little bit about, you know, these things and how I run my show, my kids, the first time I ever meet them, uh, all my freshmen, I say, I'm Mr. Scott. I'm the guy I've got a, uh, office in the front. You are welcome to come in my office, close the door, rant, rave, cuss, holler, scream, anything you need to do. I will talk to you about anything because I want to be that approachable person. Um, you know, I, uh, am constantly talking to kids about the Right now I'm on a Lupe Fiasco kick. So I'm always talking to the kids about music, you know, cause I love the music. And um, so I try to be at their level, but then at the same time, kind of, you know, you gotta go tough love also. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I love those five steps. And I think it really goes to the fact, like I was talking to someone this morning and that I alluded to earlier, we are really raising these kids and the more and more we act like the loving, caring, supportive, um, parents that let's be honest, a lot of them are lacking. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I looked at some data the other day, 20% of 20% of kids now in the United States live in poverty. So that means 20% of our kids are coming to the schools with social emotional, academic deficits. Um, And if we keep relying on that old content first mentality, when that wasn't the case, we are creating gaps starting in kindergarten that we are never slowing down to close because like you said, we're not putting that parent piece first. What do you think about that? I'm, I'm in agreement with it. And I meet, you know, I've, after the Ellen show, I've, I've been blessed with the opportunity to share my message with, with schools all over. And, you know, I always meet those teachers who say, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I get paid to teach content. I don't get paid to do the relationships. And my answer to them is you're absolutely correct. However, if you want your job to be easier, if you want your, your, your learning outcomes to improve, this is the key. Right. And there's so much research behind it. I, I, I should have printed out my slide, but I have about 12 to 15 data points or research based points that prove relationships do things like reduce the dropout rates, relationships improve or increase classroom engagement, um, relationships in education decrease instances of depression and suicide sure. amongst teens. Right. Um, there's so there's there's about 15 that I present and I say this is not just all fluff and let's just love on kids and that's it no this is how we're going to teach them once we reach them then we can teach them and your job will be a lot easier and you'll actually like coming to work again and little Susie or little Johnny who gives you a hard time eventually once you invest in that relationship eventually you're going to get a return on your investment it might not happen the next day right it might not happen in a week when you invest money, sometimes it takes the whole year, right? There's, we, I'm sure you've had the same instance where we didn't get a thank you until the last day of school from that one kid 
I'm still working on one, yes. <laughs> yeah. but I'm and, not going to quit. Right. Right. And that's when it makes, that's when it just hits like, wow. Like, okay, this whole year I was on this kid, you know, I loved on him, but I was also tough on him, but he got it. It might've took, you know, 10 months for him to say, thank you. But the fact that he came back and said, thank you, lets me know, okay, he's leaving with something. He's leaving as a better person because of me. And it's simple things like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely agree with, uh, I can see both sides, but I know that the key to improving so many issues in school buildings is relational capacity. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it is Martin Luther King Day. I'm not exactly sure when this episode will be released, but um, there is this amazing speech that he gave uh, to a middle group of middle school students. And I believe it was the night, oh, I think it was either the night prior to, I think it was the night prior to his assassination where it was his uh, sweep streets like Michelangelo. And he just challenged this group of middle school students that whatever you are doing to do it to the best of your ability and that if you are a humble custodian, do it like Michelangelo. Um, that just, to me, speaks to the, maybe the idea that again, you are put in a particular place at a particular point for a particular reason. And if we go into that school building, understanding and believing that God placed me in this place, I should never have a bad day. I should never have a bad day because I am exactly where I need to be. Um, so I'm just, I'm enamored with this idea of a purpose-driven school that everybody that works in that school from the front office to the back door believes that they are in that place for a purpose, for a reason. And that reason is much bigger than delivering that content. And I think, I think that's what you're saying. And I think you're a disciple of this idea. Um, so yeah, what do you think? I agree. Every, I love how you talked about every person in that building from the front office to the classrooms. Facts, absolutely true. Because some kids are going to connect more with the security guard. Absolutely, man. <laughs> For sure. And, and some are going to connect more with, with uh, cafeteria staff or the or front office staff. Every person on that campus can be a champion for students, right? And, and every year I have, I, I, in my class, we practice gratitude all the time. So out of out just random times, I'll say, all right, take a sheet of paper. We're going to do a quick write. Two minutes. I want you to thank someone at this campus who has made an impact in your life. And at first I'm thinking they're going to hit their favorite teachers. Man, they're talking to the, they're writing letters to the security guards, librarian, uh, Mr. Fabella, our, our cafeteria manager. And I asked these kids, two kids where they went on, they needed more than two minutes. They went on writing and they wrote this man a page of just saying, thank you. And I asked them, why did you guys write so much to Mr. To Mr. Fabella? Tell me, what does he do? Um, what, what's, what's, what's the scope for the scoop here? And they're like, Mr. He tells us hi every morning. That's it. He told him hi. <laughs> That's part of that champ. That's part yeah. of that champ, man. That's what they need. Every morning. So I'm thinking, wow, like something so simple can change a kid's day. And I'm thinking how many kids walk through these halls and I'm guilty of it myself that not even teachers say good morning to. Yep. 
it happens, right? We're so busy and sometimes we're, our mind's on different things and we want to get right to that office or to that classroom. And we walk by like 10 kids without even saying hi, it happens. So after that, I said to myself, I'm going to say hi to every single kid. <laughs> That's my goal. Every single kid I see in the hall, I was saying hi 50 times in a row sometimes. And that was okay because to that kid, it might've changed their day. Yeah. Funny, funny story yesterday. Uh, so we woke up because this, listen, this is real life um, and this is unscripted. And that's why I love this and why I think our listeners would want to hear what we're, what we're, what we're talking about today. But yesterday we woke up uh, Sunday morning and the coffee pot was broke and which is not a good thing when you wake up at six in the morning with four kids. So my yeah. wife's like, let's go to Cracker Barrel. So we took all the kids to Cracker Barrel. And while I was there, they had a special on extra large Twizzlers. And so Twizzlers are important to me because every day I walk around, usually during before the first bell or sometime during the first period, I pop into classes and I just give out random pieces of candy to kids just to say, hey, every single day. And so the kids know to come in my office if they want a snack or a piece of licorice, but they had these on special for $4. So I bought up all the licorice I could do because I think exactly what you're saying there is so, 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 so true. Man, we got to reach them before we teach them. Mm -hmm. So I just want to tell you, thank you. Um, Thank you for advocating for our kids. Um, Thank you for, I think, serving before teaching. Um, I know teaching is your mission field. And um, I just want to tell you, thank you, man. Thank you. I, I appreciate your kind words. Uh, it, it means a lot. I, I just, this conversation um, shows me, and I hope this, I hope a lot of teachers can resonate with this. We see principals like yourself who we say, wow, I wish he was my principal. Or man, I would go to work for that man any day. And it, it, it goes back to the relationship piece, right? Not just students need champions, adults need champions as well. And I can tell you're a champion for your teachers as well. And your teachers are gonna work hard for you because of, I can tell you build connections with them as well. Uh, and even, like I said, even to adulthood, we still need champions. We still need that person who builds us up, right? I'm not your teacher. Uh, I've never been to your campus, but the nice words you said to me, man, you just filled my cup. So thank you. Like, that's awesome. So teachers, even as adults, soft, small things like the nice things you said right now, fill our cups. So administrators, I'm sorry, administrators, I think it's important for an admin to know too that teachers are like students. (laughs) Everything we want our teachers to do for our students. If admin does that for teachers, man, it would make things a lot easier. That acronym, that acronym you said earlier. We could do all of that with teachers. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. And I try to do the same thing with mine for valued, seen, and heard. You know, I can tell. I can tell. We try. I try. But I'm also going to take it a step further and then we're going to start to close up. Um, we also got to do this to our parents. Yes. And one thing I'm very. So I've been cussed out more than once by parents. Mm-hmm. And I always, because I always just give them the floor and let them do it, get it out. And at the end of it, most of the time they will apologize. And I always come back with, 
that is okay because I would rather you be the be the parent advocating for your kid up here Love it. than the one staying at home not saying a thing. And Love so it. I think we definitely need to make sure that we are valuing and we are seeing and we are hearing our parents because kind of like you said you said a little bit earlier we are all in this together and to really and truly change the world it can't just be teachers and students. Yep. Yep. And everything you just mentioned, I literally just read in Principal Ra's book. Oh, right. Revolutionary School Culture. Oh, I'm going to write that down. What's that? Revolutionary School Culture? Yes, sir. Write it down. Uh, Principal Ra, uh, uh, Revolutionary School Culture, Six Principles of Unlocking Your School's Hidden Treasure. Um, this guy is not a, a fluff and say things that sound beautiful on paper. This guy is just real, raw, straight to the point, unapologetic. But when I was reading it, a lot of what you were saying was like, yeah, that's in the book. It's what I've read from another principal. So I love when I can make those connections because I know that there's a lot of principals out there like yourself who, who get it. And that's my, that's, my big, that's my biggest compliment in education is if I tell someone, man, you get it. So simple, <laughs> but you get it. And he talks about, he, he gives the strategies in the book for how to include that parent engagement for how to include all stakeholders in the community. And some of the stuff in this book, I've never heard before, right? And I, in education, we say all the time, we've heard it all before, it's just packaged differently. No, he says some revolutionary stuff in here. So that, that's, it's, it's, it's a great book, highly recommend. I just finished it, so everything was just fresh in my mind. That's why I bring that up. <laughs> but just to be clear, you are not paid by this dude to wrote no. the book. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. All right, all right. I support real people, man. I support, oh, dude. Absolutely, you got to be real. You got to be real. Um, uh, a buddy of mine, Joe Beckman. You may know him uh, from the Edge of Sphere. He says, uh, "Don't be so busy being extraordinary that you forget to be ordinary." So I appreciate uh, the vulnerability and the stuff. And one last question before, and I know we'll make this quick. Prior to being on Ellen. Did you feel kind of like the weirdo with these weird ideas? And then did the Ellen space kind of give you almost this new, you know, it's okay to be like that kind of thinking? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, without saying too much or without trying to, to sound negative, I was, I, I was an outcast. Yeah, I get it. Get it. I was an outcast because I'm showing up early with donuts for my kids who did a really good job with, with or just got in trouble the day before. Right. Right. I, I did, I did, I do things like, like tie drives. I do backpack drives. Um, I go to games, right. I go to all these, all my kids games. Um, that was part, all this was part of my speech. My, my speech was called why I teach the one that Ellen saw. And a lot of teachers will tell me you're doing too much education doesn't require all that you have a life to, I said yeah I have a great life and my life is is impacting these kids and I love it and, and I'm happy like why are yeah. you trying to yeah trying to dim my light yeah so I was I was I was outcasted um people said horrible things um and then once the Ellen thing happened people were like oh man maybe I should listen <laughs> maybe he wasn't that weird right yeah yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe everything he was doing and I at that point, teachers, some still said, yeah, it's still, still too much. You don't need to do all that. 
And they were doing it in, attempt, in, in, in an attempt to get me to stop. Sure. And I'm not going to lie. There's times where I left in tears, man. Like why, you know, I, I eat by myself every day because for different reasons, right? Um, I, I didn't like the negative talk. I don't like talking bad about other teachers. I don't like any of that stuff. Right. And then when I was the focus of, oh, he does too much, he doesn't need to go to all their games. Why does he have pizza parties for his kids just because they did good on their nine weeks assessment? Like, no, I'm celebrating these kids. Right. Little do they know that this little 50 bucks that I spent on pizza means that they're going to come work hard for me next week. Exactly. Right. And, and the whole point of getting to, to work hard for me is to get them to learn. And they're going to start to love the learning process. I posted a picture yesterday. My two cool for school eighth graders stayed five to 10 minutes into their 20 minute lunch to finish reading an article. Every single kid stayed in class to finish reading an article. And these are eighth graders who, who are really too cool for school. And I'm thinking, wow, like how blessed am I to have this group of kids? You're darn right I'm going to celebrate these kids. Amen. You're darn, darn right, I'm gonna I'm gonna praise them for that. And I did. And Ellen noticed. So I thought to myself, had I listened to all the negativity, has had I stopped when people told me to to just relax and just not do so much for my kids, you know, I would have never made it to Ellen. And and for me, the big Ellen was nice. It was a great experience. The money was nice, right? That was awesome. But the best part for me was that kids from my neighborhood who grew up in the same projects that I grew up in, they saw a Hispanic male make it to the Ellen show. Imagine what they can do now. Imagine where they see themselves now. So that, so to answer your question, yeah, I did feel like the weirdo, but once Ellen thing happened, it kind of did, did reaffirm me. I'm not gonna lie, it did reaffirm me, right? But then it also introduced me to so many people who are on the same mindset, who understand that, yes, it, it does take all that, right? It, not that it takes it, but that's what makes us fulfilled, right? We're purpose-driven and, and meet, meeting people like you, right? And like how, like all, like all the other amazing educators out right, there, that, right? So many people are out there and I thought, okay, I'm not alone. One situation at a, at a particular campus shouldn't define how I view everyone else. So that really opened my eyes. And, and I was really exposed to so many awesome people out there who I thought, can you imagine one school with every teacher on board that has that mindset to go above and beyond for their kids on a daily basis? Wow. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, that, that's, Ellen, Ellen did help me a lot in so many ways, but I think the best part about it was it really provided a mirror for my kids. So I want to give you a, a, a platform real quick to reach out to all of those other weirdos that are listening. Um, Cause I was one of them. I was one that, you know, I love to think outside of the box. I love to blow up the box. I love to yeah. think of ideas that have never happened in education. Um, and you're right. Sometimes you kind of feel, you know, ostracized or looked down on, or, you know, people are talking about you behind your back, but to be able to connect like, you know, that is the whole purpose of this podcast. Connect the visions of one with the passions of another. So please let us know if there's other weirdos out there that are listening, which there will be, because I have a lot of friends that are weirdos. If you can tell us how they can get a hold of you, Twitter, all that different rigmarole. Uh, educator wise, um, as a lot of us know, I think 
more educators tweet about education on Twitter. Yep. Right. We talk about education on Twitter. So educator wise, um, Rick underscore Ramirez nine one five. That's the best place to reach me um, to talk about education, to learn from each other, uh, to collaborate, right? To collaborate on projects. Um, Twitter is, 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 is the one for me, uh, Rick underscore Ramirez915, which is my area code. Perfect, man. All right, so I'm gonna wrap us up then. Um, I so, so, so thank you uh, for, for devoting your time to me. Uh, and to your idea um, of reach them before you teach them is absolutely something I wholeheartedly agree with. And I know that our listeners agree as well. So my prayer is that somebody listening will reach out to my man, Rick, and get this avalanche of positivity rolling. And uh, let's change the world together because uh, let's be honest, the world is only changed through weird ideas. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper. <laughs>